Hello, everybody. I don't think we were just on, but I think we are now. And so welcome to take two. Take two. This is take two of take two. Yes. Deep. Glad you're able to join us. And uh, whether it's now live or later on, hopefully this will be something that's good for you and allows you to maybe hear a little bit more in side of a subject that we talked about on Sunday and last Sunday was Easter. So kind of a big subject in some ways. Um, as we start out, and, and let me just one quick announcement. We are meeting live outdoors for those of you who tune in and aren't sure. So if you would like to join us 10 a.m. here at the Genesis building, we have a limited room inside and then we have a couple canopies outside and a live feed there and we have time to kind of interact with each other. And it was a great Sunday being able to do that. And we'll be doing that again this Sunday and until we uh, think otherwise. Um, cool. Starting off, let me ask you, Brian, Easter, Resurrection Sunday, people call it different things. Um, what role has that played in your life in the history of Brian? In the hist Easter in the history of Brian? Um, Brian grew up very Catholic, um, super Catholic, and Easter was a big old deal. And um, I served like as an altar boy in the church, okay. so uh, Easter was kind of was the Super Bowl, you know, like everybody, <laughs> and even kind of like growing up in the non-Catholic, like evangelical, Protestant, you know, Protestant, you know, whatever uh, after church after Catholic church called me, there was like a bit of that, you know, like it was yeah. kind of like. This is invite somebody. This is the time, you know. This yeah, is the big production. It was a big old thing, yeah. and um, <clears throat> I always understood it for what it was, you know. Even though there was like the bunnies and stuff, my mom made it really clear, like this isn't about the eggs and the mm -hmm. uh, marshmallows. Like this is something serious. Like my mom would like even go as far as like on like Good Friday to make sure. I mean, you know, if you probably know Catholics don't eat meat and these things, but also my mom didn't let us like go play outside. Um, she was like, this is a, a, a day of sorrow. Hmm. We should, we should um, be that way, you know? Yeah. And um, and part of me was always asking, like, but we already know, you know? Like, it happened already, you know? Like, yeah. like um, if we knew, like, Grandma was alive right now, we, we were not going to treat the day that she died as a sad day. We're not hmm. going to celebrate, you know? That, 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 that was, like, kid me thinking, you know? Like, deep 15-year-old philosophy me. And, uh, yeah. But kind of moving past that, it was like uh, now through your conversation that you had on Sunday, you had kind of uh, hit some things on the head for me, you know, like, like it was like I even took some notes there. Like it's possible to have life like you're talking about Jesus being like audacious enough to say certain things because he was the life, you mm -hmm. know, he is life. Um it's possible to have life right in front of you and still not recognize it as so, you know, um, yeah. like, and on top of that, he, they, he told them it was going to happen. And of course they would be freaked out if they saw empty tomb and it should, we should talk about those things. Like what, what was, what would really be going through their head? Like if they came to an empty tomb or saw Jesus after they knew he was dead, would they be like, Jesus, you're alive. It would be more like, no, I saw yeah, a ghost like, or yeah. like freaked out, freaked out. Yeah, yeah. I'd be a little freaked out or you wouldn't think that he rose. If you mm -hmm. went to empty tomb, you would think that he got stolen maybe or like, yeah. and what do those things represent in, in our thought process as far as putting Jesus in the equation of 
him being life. Like if we saw life, recognized life, and life was taken from us, if we saw life for the first time from a different angle and someone presented to us, um, would that be uh, a real representation of what life is or would it be... Uh, or would we go back to what we th- what we thought life was? You know, yeah. so I mean, that, there's a lot there, but uh, yeah, that's what Easter represented for me. So, yeah, how about you? Um, I didn't grow up with any religion, so for I don't know how many years, it, I didn't even know really what Easter was about, except for the eggs and Easter Bunny stuff. And it was a holiday. We went to the grandparents' house, ate a big meal, and you know, ate chocolate and found eggs with money in it. Nice. Um, Then my mom married uh, someone, and we started going to sunrise service at the Hollywood Bowl, which I thought was the worst thing in the world because it was freezing cold. Mm. The guy spoke in Latin, and it was like, why are we here? This makes no sense to me at all. But he kind of came from that Catholic uh, tradition where, no, Easter, you go to church. And so for me, it had that connotation of really being... You know, just something that people do, but it didn't make sense. Yeah. And I was never connected to a uh, faith that was alive. Mm. Um, and that didn't happen until later when I became a follower of Jesus and then became aware more of the story and things like that. Uh, but even since that time, I think there's been an evolution, at least for me. And I, I tried to present it Sunday where this isn't just a celebration of a day that Jesus did something, right? This is a celebration of who Jesus is, and it was, I guess, more clearly revealed on that day. Mm-hmm. And so I, the nuance in that is a big deal to me because um, one focuses on a moment, a day, and an event, and the other focuses on what that event is there for. Right. And so that's really kind of what I wanted to get at is like, this isn't supposed to be a day where we just celebrate Jesus did something. This is supposed to be a day where we acknowledge who Jesus is and all that that means to us um, or can mean to us. And and that's what I want to kind of put out there. And I love in one of the Gospels where Jesus reveals himself himself he's alive and it says some of the disciples still did not believe. Yeah. Cool. Right. And so it's possible to be a disciple follower of Jesus and still not believe he was alive. Yeah. Right. And even on top of that, he told you <laughs> yeah. he was going to die and rise. And then when he, when like, that's the thing that I was saying was you could have it right in front of you, the yeah. truth right in front of you. Um, but, there needs to be almost like that paradigm shift of uh, yeah. understanding. And, uh, and uh, yeah, that's what the story represents to me. That's what yeah. the uh, Easter story represents. It's like a, a clarity thing, you know? Hmm. Like, it's like Jesus, his whole life had been changing what our initial reaction was to everything, you know? Like, yeah. it was almost like our initial reaction to is to follow the current and Jesus was going against it every step of the way. Yeah. And death was no different. You know, he went the other way and was telling you, nope, this is not, everything's not as you think. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm coming to you to let you know that you don't know everything and you won't know everything. And um, I yeah. can show you that, you know, so it's, it's a cool thing. You know what I think is, is so 
cool about that and just really even one of the things where we start seeing how Jesus did everything so different um, is there is this mystery of life, right? There is this imagination. There is this awe of the universe, of, you know, the beauty that we see. There's things where, you know, you could be watching Discovery Channel or something and they show some, you know, swan or bird or whatever does something and you're like, oh man, that's so gorgeous. And they show these views and it's like, it's breathtaking, right? And the universe and life is that. And yet we don't see it all the time, right? Yeah. We only see it when it shows up, you know, in... HD on our, you know, TV, or we, we encounter it in real life and we, you know, get out of our mindset that just doesn't think out that way. Um, and I think that this is in line with that, right? There, there's so much of life that is bigger and more than we are able to take in. And this is just part of that. So how exciting, right? right. That there is life that is still wonder, that is still fascinating, that is still unbelievable, yeah. you know, in some ways. It doesn't mean that you can't believe it. It just seems unbelievable. Yeah. You know, we never find out these disciples, what happens to them later. But I'm imagining at some point there was a paradigm shift, like you talked about, where all of a sudden they're like, oh, okay. Ping, you know, light bulb goes off and they like, okay, I get it now. Um I'm wondering, in your kind of experience coming from where you were to where you are, um, have you had those kinds of experiences with, not necessarily Easter, but with life, with resurrection, with Jesus, where there was like a, an awakening, a paradigm shift, things like that? Yeah, I would say so. I think the most uh, relevant would be... Um, when I found people in my life that were able to explain to me that when I saw God in Jesus, uh, when I started reading the Bible, as as it is said, it's living, you know. So it's like mm -hmm. that. It's that that it could, be, it could speak to me right now, different than it spoke to my mom when she was reading it, mm -hmm. and um, that it, that it's it's evolving. So there, there's like two concepts, like like a that maybe to clarify, so f facts and truth, you know, I think there's like, we think as logical humans that there's like facts that line up when we're reading the mm -hmm. Bible or talking to anybody, you know, like you might read a story in the Bible and say, all right, we know uh, Jesus is, um, you know, uh, a male. Uh, he's, mm -hmm. he, you know, these are facts and they, like, yeah. these are, but there's like something that happened where, where, where I started reading it as if the Jesus was the truth, uh, like as God was the truth, and the facts were the moving parts. Like, I mean, maybe that was the wrong fact to throw out that Jesus is male because that didn't seem to change. Mm -hmm. But maybe did, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like oh, like God. You know, all right, but it, but like I guess what I was trying to get at was was. Facts could change based on what we learn, but the mm -hmm. truth doesn't. So, mm -hmm. like, when I learned that, when I learned that, uh, that that was a huge paradigm shift for me because I was like, so things that I know to be true, um, that I thought were true, could change, but God doesn't, you know? Like, mm -hmm. 
so meaning that there's way more to uncover that as soon as maybe I think I got it, that might be a telltale sign that I don't and that I need to keep on digging. Mm-hmm. Um, like that there's that there's more, you know, like I, if that makes sense, like that's because when I, you grow up, my mom says, all right, well, Jesus died, rose from the dead three days later. Uh, or, you know, he, he he rose from the dead and now he lives with God. And now if you accept Jesus, you become part of that and you could live with Jesus in heaven forever. Mm-hmm. So very like factual, like do this, do this, yeah. this, and you will get this. But now I was like, oh, I, okay, those are the facts. What are the things in between that I need to learn to get to know who God is and why those things are important? Are they important to me? And if so, what difference do they make with the relationships that I'm building um, the ones that God, I feel, put in my life, you know? So it's, those mm-hmm. are the paradigm shifts. When I started realizing people were the valuable thing and God called us to people and not to um, just trying to get to heaven, you know? Because yeah. that seemed like that was the goal growing up. Like, yeah. be really good because then you're not going to go to heaven. But I was yeah. like, and then I realized, like, no, people are the reason you're here to connect and to love them and to show them and lead them and glorify God through your relationships. And that's where I'm at right now. So, that, yeah, that's, that's where mm. the paradigm shift happened. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's an important thing to understand. You mentioned that we change. And it's it's not so much that God changes, but life changes around us. The world changes around us. We change. And so our understanding changes, yeah. you know. And let's face it, there is no way. If we think we know all there is to know about God, we got a real small God. Right, right. right. Um, we don't know all there is to know about the universe we live in, let alone the one who, you know, spoke it into existence kind of a thing. So having a, an openness and a humility, really, of of understanding that allows us to have more than one paradigm shift even, right, where I, I think it's something that should happen. I, I think Jesus, you know, when he spoke to his disciples, they had a paradigm shift to follow this rabbi and they had a paradigm shift when this rabbi you know said that man was made for the sabbath not sabbath or sabbath was made for man not man for the sabbath all those things were changing their paradigms right and jesus you know washes their feet that's a paradigm shift jesus dies that's that's a big shift and then comes back alive that's a big shift and then we see the work of the spirit in the book of acts there's more shifts more shifts right so there's a constant growing, there's a constant uh, awakening, I think, that happens when you're alive. Uh, the other day, my grandson Judah um, came into my office, and Christian is sharing the office with me while he and Lauren are living there. And he just comes walking in, and he goes, hey, Christian, just like this little man, right? And it's like, I just looked at him, and it's like, I remember you when, you know? And he's not the same as he was not long ago, you know, where yeah. he's having these conversations with us and just being able to see and acknowledge the change and accept, you know, that it's moving, accept that it's living, accept that it's growing is, I think, an important part, Yeah, you know, of, of this idea of life. Yeah. Um, that was kind of one of the, the points I wanted to mention, you know, where you think you know something, but then find out you don't know it like you do right? mm-hmm. like Doyle Dykes playing guitar you know yeah. it's like no one's ever played guitar like that that close to me yeah. before you know I would have thought there's mirrors or something involved yeah, yeah, yeah. you know humbling then, too yeah it very yeah, yeah it's just like oh my goodness it's like beautiful humbling encouraging inspiring right all these things happen in that moment and 
to see resurrection in that light is like, oh man, there's so much more. And it affect, if it if it affects you correctly, you're able to go into the world and say confidently, I thought I knew what guitar was, mm-hmm. but or what good guitar playing yeah. looked like, but now I know what it looks like. And I think with the same with with the paradigm shifts with anything that has to do with the Bible, we should normalize being okay with saying, I think it's different than what I first thought, you know, yeah. like, because almost if it's, it's like demonized to say certain things like that, like, oh, I don't like, I don't, you know, like there's something that's almost sacrilege to my mom. If I tell my mom that what I just said right now, you know, she'd be like, well, baby, um, I, th-, you know, like she yeah. would like, what the Bible says, you know, and you know, like yeah. we're like, but I could say that with, and both of us can read it different and speak to us different because it is alive, you yeah. know, like that's, that's well, and that that's the difference between you know uh, something that's sacred and inspiring to something that's just giving information, mm-hmm. you know. There there's so much story behind all the things that are written that gives us insight, nuance to how people felt, how people responded, how people wrote it down and accounted for it, um, that challenges us, you know, what we do, how do we do those things. And I think it's an important thing to take that into consideration because we don't know all of what they were feeling, what they were experiencing, all of their culture. We know a little bit. But all these things add a little bit of color to the writing, add a little bit of depth to it a little, you know, question to it. Um, but like you said, it's a, there's something that happens with people and the Bible where you start saying things like that and they get real, um, almost scared. Yeah. You know, like you're taking away the thing that I'm basing my whole life on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I understand that. Which, gosh, I didn't know we were going to go here, but we can go here. Um is that what we should be basing our life on or is Jesus who we should be putting our life in, right? Yeah. Because Jesus and the Bible are not the same. Yeah. Right. right. Um, and, and it's important to see that and it's not discrediting the Bible. It's putting Jesus in the place I think he's supposed to be. Um, let's face it, the New Testament wasn't written until Jesus came and did what he did, right? Before... Yeah. There was the writing, there was the person, you mm. know, and then someone had to write those things out. And that person and the things he did is more important than the writings cool. that talk about it. They're, they're a shadow. They're the menu. They're not the meal cool. kind of a thing. Um, that's awesome. So, I mean, I, that's important. And, and again, most people will, or not most people, a lot of people can get real, don't say that, you know, you're stepping on bad ground because... You know, depending on where you come from, that could be considered heresy to some people. Yeah. But, but also, I remember... I remember... <laughs> I, I shut my... Heresy. Uh, heresy. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but it, it's... I think along with, like... I remember Pastor, my, other, my old pastor saying... Um, pastor Jeff at CCV said something like, uh, sacrilege could be defiling something that is, like, seen as sacred and, like... You know, he was talking about like somebody had turned a statue of Jesus into like this art where it mm-hmm. almost like was like phallic, you know, and and he's like that could be looked at as sacrilege, but there's this other form of sacrilege which is like recognizing as some 
thing that deserves and honor and recognition um, as God should and not giving any attention at all. You know, mm-hmm. uh, like that's, that's in uh, his, like another definition of like when we recognize uh, something that deserves honor and we decide to like turn our back or not um, give the thought it deserves. Mm-hmm. Like I think by when you talk to people who are actually like trying to dissect what the Bible says, even if it doesn't match up to what you're saying, at least they're at the attempt of recognizing something that deserves honor and thought, mm-hmm. and then at the same time deserve your conversation about it. You know, so yeah. like, but the sad part is that people aren't willing to have the 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 discourse, and so like now yeah. they're now they're arguing. You know, so, yeah, yeah. It's, it's and, nice. and then the, I think the same could be said too for someone taking something that should have honor but giving it too much Got honor. It. Yeah, that's cool. Right. Where now it's like you've be, you've made an idol right. out of something that was just meant to be a help. Yeah. You know. I mean, cuz that's kind of what idolatry is, is putting something in the place that God is supposed to be in. Yeah. And I think that can happen with church, it can happen with the Bible, it can happen, you know, with good things. You know, it's like these aren't bad things, but they can become problematic when they're put in a place that Absolutely. they shouldn't be. Um, and again, this guess this isn't about you know the Bible per se, um, but the scriptures are where we get a lot of this information. So dissecting them, digesting them is part of what we do as you know Christians. This is our sacred book. You know, this is what we look at and we get information. Um, someday we can do a little bit more. Uh, in-depth talk about that and what's meant by infallibility and is, you know, inspiration and infallibility the same, those kinds of things. We could, I'd love to go there someday, but we won't go there today. It's <laughs> um, a big one. Yeah, because um, it deserves thought, it deserves dialogue, it deserves time, and we don't want to knee-jerk, you know, something that big. Um, but resurrection is one of these things, too, where I think... What we can do, if we're not careful, is we can be so about the apologetics of resurrection where we feel like we need to prove that it's an event that happened and we deny that it happens by how we live, right? It's like I deny resurrection every time I don't act the way Jesus lived. Yeah, you got that cool line that you said... uh... You know, proof of death after life is proof of life now, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah the proof of life after death is life before death. Yeah, yeah. And so, if we don't live lives like Jesus, we're denying the resurrection, no matter what we say. Cool. You know, and we want to live in a place where it's like, okay, so I have a family member, I have a friend, a coworker, and they say, I don't believe in the resurrection. Do they see life in you? that points to a, a life in Christ that mm-hmm. is current. Because um, if they don't, then you're not an evidence of resurrection. Yeah. If they do, then you are an evidence, I think, of resurrection. I have found, just in my experience, and I know it's not always this way, but when people questioning the validity of something, it's usually not as much a head issue as it is an emotional issue. I feel like I'll be stupid if I believe that way. 
But then when I see a life of somebody that I want to emulate, I want to be like that person, it's stupid now not to follow in those steps. Good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, well, this person or these people, they're saying that Jesus is alive. They're saying that Jesus is influencing them. I see them doing these things, these good things, these things that make a lot of sense to me. Then, yeah, that's what I believe in. And it kind of all points back to this belief that he's alive and he's giving us life. And also leads them to to God. And ultimately, God is the one that's going to speak to them yeah. with the, in that openness, you know? Like, uh, it's... It, it's almost inevitable. I mean, it, 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 it's happened all through my life where s- somebody was like, you're kind of you, the evidence I had of God. You are the Bible that I read, you know, yeah. and it, it, like they, they were telling me that I'm like, well, you know, like I didn't want to sit there. It wasn't the time, yeah. you know, it wasn't the time that to, to like, let's Bible study real quick, you know, with, there is a time for everything, and sometimes that person needs an ear. They need you yeah. to do life with them. And not, I'm talking ten years with some people, friendship and friendship that I encounter as and, and realize is very genuine. Not like oh, I stayed in this because I know they're going to find Jesus. You know, like it, yeah. you know, it's like my best friends, and 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 I and if they never found Jesus, they would still be my best friends. But evidence of what would happen if I intentionally moved um, and knew I was showing them what what love looked like. You know, I think. Mm inevitably they just god you know resonates you know it's yeah. like it's they get to meet god through you and that's a, that's a special thing i mean the resurrection yeah. in that you know like yeah yeah and, and i mean really that's what john says in first john this is how we know yeah that we know god is because we love one another yeah yeah All right if you want to see evidence of god love somebody i mean right. pretty pretty straightforward yeah i mean and then we start trying to, well, we, but you got to, and then, you know, what science says, and you start just clouding the issue, you know, with things. <laughs> it's like skeptic voice. Uh, you, you start clouding the issue with so many other things, um, and you start, you, you miss the point of what we're trying to do here. And I, I think that happens a lot in this area of resurrection, or it has in my past, where I've gone to so many Easter services especially in the evangelical world where it's all about how do I prove that this happened? Yeah. And if I prove this happened, you have to believe it, right? Um, and the better my proof is, the more you'll make that decision to believe it and raise your hand and come forward. And, and it's not that there isn't a place for those kinds of things, but I have found that we don't see Jesus operating that way. Right. We don't see Paul operating that way, right? The evidence that they put out is the life, all right, this is the life that I'm living that looks like Jesus, and that's the magnet that draws the heart and the soul. Good. Because I think that's, if God created us, he created us to understand those things. You yeah. know, that's pulling us towards himself, kind of this gravitational thing towards God. And I think the more we do that, the more it makes sense. You know? Yeah, yeah. And because we're not going to have all the facts, you no. know? We're not going to have all the information. We can't answer all. I can't answer all the questions um, that I have. Even between the gospels, it's like, why does this one say this? This one say this. You know, I don't know. I wasn't there. You know, I can give explanations, but that's not the the thing that's needed. What's needed is that I live a life of resurrection. I can do that. I might not be able to answer that, but I can at least start to do this. Right. 
And I think that's an important part of that. And, and I really think that's at the heart of what Jesus is doing, is bringing life to us. You know, I, I did share that, you know, God is the name I use when I'm searching for life, but Jesus is the name I use when life is searching for me. You know, it, it, it's something that's a little bit more personal, a little bit more tangible. You know, we, we have heard him, we have seen him, that which we have touched and have handled of the word of life. That's something that has made itself known to me more than me trying to find it. Yeah. You know, and that's been important to me, I think. It's cool. You know, it's a good stuff in there. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, uh, let's face it, how can we find God if he doesn't want to reveal himself? Yeah. You know, he, he would be, I heard a podcast with Elon Musk about UFOs. And aliens, and he goes, well, if they're out there, they're real shy, you know. <laughs> and I thought that was pretty funny. It's like, I don't want God to be shy, and I don't think he is. Yeah. You know, I think Jesus is proof that God's not shy, and that he's trying to connect to us. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and it's pretty cool. I was Bible studying with some of my friends um, on Sunday, and one of the our, one of our friends, Ava, mm -hmm. she's wouldn't consider herself a Christian, was open to uh, Bible studying, and she had said something really cool. She said, "Like we're talking about, we're in James, we're talking about wisdom, you know." Um, and there's a part in there that says, "Ask um, if you ask God for wisdom, He, he will give it freely," you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, and we're so we were dissecting what what that looks like, you know. So just asking, you download wisdom, you know. And she's like, well, what if it was there all along? Like, what if the wisdom is in there? And by asking God, he unlocks it. You know, that's what she said. Hmm. Something like that. And it was like, that, that's a paradigm shift. Because hmm. um, if you hear, if you read that literally, it's like, so asking, it's just going to end up showing up. Yeah. But I think if I take that same concept and put it into the resurrection story, it's going to be, it'll sound something like, well, the resurrection lives in me. God lives in me. And all I have to do is, receive unlock it you know like is it like uh that that would be a paradigm shift for some people because they're like what do you mean like like i have to i god can live in me you know yeah. like i thought god was separate from me when you understand that that god that, that the power of the you, you know it says that in scripture like the power that that raised jesus from the dead lives inside you know like yeah that you could access that power like you have yeah uh resurrection power inside of you and you're right. like how does how and 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 what avenues and like what you know like who can I raise from the dead you know I've been trying <laughs> yeah. I, but I can't raise myself from the dead you know so it's like so you're trying to like make sense of this and I think that's how that that's my paradigm shift when I started reading the Bible like that like um, from other angles from uh, that that it was alive right now like I, it could speak to me God can use uh, the scripture to speak directly to me and if it's talking about resurrection and I'm experiencing death that I could switch that mode mm -hmm. right away you know like yeah because god said it's alive i'm talking to you right now it's it was the most yeah. it's the most clear way you know it's yeah yeah no i mean that's so so powerful just yeah. the understanding that you know unlocking something that's already there yeah and is available is a, a big deal it really is and i think you know when paul said in him we live and move and have our being right as your own poets have said this idea we're swimming in God and, and we're just not aware of that, yeah. you know. Cool. And, and there's a difference between pantheism where everything is God and panantheism 
where God is still in and working through everything. Yeah. Um, and I, I would say that's what Paul said in Acts, and that's, I think, uh, something that we can experience, you know, when you see something, experience God in those moments. You know, it's not that the moment is God, but God is still in the moment or the situation that's happening. It could be so many things. Um, that's pretty powerful because then it really makes you want to open your eyes. Yeah. And kind of in like what we were talking about or what I was talking about Sunday, where what am I dead to? You know, what, am I looking for the dead instead of the living? You know, I'm looking for something that's familiar, something that's just going to answer a question, or am I looking for life? Am I looking for something that'll breathe into me inspiration, breathe into me uh, the curiosity, breathe into me the wonder, you know, of those things. And I think there's a difference between those two. You know, one is just getting information and one is getting life. And it seems like we are real good at getting information, but we're not so good at getting life. Yeah. Know? And I mean, even like, this, like hearing you talk right now, there was something that popped up in my head that was like, um, yeah, I, I mean, it's kind of a big thing that I need to probably work through, but it, it's like, um, <laughs> like, it's almost like God says, uh, like, it's interesting to me why, like, the disciples weren't sitting outside of the tomb waiting for him to rise up uh -huh. like you know like yeah or, like the expectation wasn't there you know like yeah. like if they if jesus said it and they believed it and like you said they still weren't believing after they saw him like and we're saying we believe already and we knew what happened and we're not sitting in expectation you know like there's something to be said there we are mm -hmm. the disciples like that didn't believe you know yeah. we are like the we we're we're them, you know. It's clear. Yeah, we're hiding you know? the room, waiting yeah. for something to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that, and I think that just connects to what you just said. It's like we can read scripture really good about like getting the information. Right? We can we can get it, you know. But what like yeah. the the proof is uh, what we do with it. You know how how do we? What is that without movement? You know, without us bringing it to life? You know. Yeah, I mean. You know, when we think of life and we think of God and we think of God as love, I mean, this kind of idea of life and love and all these things that is a part of the idea that we have of God and that we believe is trying to be conveyed to us. Um, you, you look at other areas where this happens to us. If you have love with somebody or for somebody, um, if it doesn't change you, you know, then how... Where's the evidence of it? Exactly. Yeah. Like, how do I know it's love? If I tell my wife I love her, but I don't want to see her, I go home to her, and I just go hang out with my buddies, and we just go have a good time, and sometimes I come home, sometimes I don't, right? It's like, okay, there's something disconnected with what is there with love, because love is going to be that draw it's going to be the interaction it's going to 
affect me as much as me affect it in that regard. Um, and so if we don't see that effect in our lives, then yeah, that's the what's going on here, right? We have to kind of dig into that and say, well, why? Why isn't my life being affected? And these are, like I was talking about in the whole, you know, idea of the grace and truth and doing this idea of discipleship and awareness, we have to have compassionate curiosity towards ourselves as well as towards others. If you're feeling dead, don't condemn yourself. God's not condemning you. Be curious. What's going on? And be compassionate. You know, ask why it's happening and understand that maybe it's because you've been living in a year of pandemic and you haven't seen people like you're used to seeing people. You've been detached. You've had, you know, to be, you know, locked away for so long. It could be a number of things. Maybe that's part of why something's happening. Yeah. And, and if you're condemning and if you're shaming and you're judging, you might not get to that because you're just, oh, I should be better. Oh, I'm a terrible person. Oh, man, I'm evil for thinking like this. And it's like, well, no, you're just struggling. You know, you, you've been locked up for too long. You haven't been with people for a while and it's showing. Right. Right. And so instead of just shutting the door and not having the dig, get into that conversation. Find out. Yeah. Why are you feeling dead? And dig, like you said, like, you know, I have a friend who's like a political science professor at Palomar in San Diego. And sometimes I'll like bring a topic, you know, random during lunch. I'll say, you know, guess, okay, if I try out an exercise that I'll be doing it with the students. And I'm like, mm -hmm. sure. So he'll bring up a conversation, you know, about, uh, the judicial, the judicial system about like what, you know, if this guy uh, killed his wife, you know, it, it would be a very weird scenario. Yeah. And then I would answer it and then I'd get close to I th maybe I think, you know, what he wants to hear. And he'll go, well, keep on going, keep on going. Mm -hmm. And I'll keep on talking and keep on talking. And they'll be like, well, all right, well, what do you think about this? So you think if he does this, he should get this. But what about this? You know, like, so it's like give me the like, different uh, lanes to walk yeah. around, like to think about, right? But he'll just say, keep on going. Keep on. And I don't know if he ever has an end, you know, just yeah. that he wants to see me process. Mm -hmm. And I think in the same sense, it's like, uh, like that, like how we should continue to seek after the word, you know, like, like when you hear the word dead, you know, what, what is he saying? You know, what, what, what does that mean? You know, yeah. like when you hear, uh, that he conquered death or yeah, that faith without works is dead, you know, or anytime the Bible uses the word dead, you know, is it always speaking about right after we leave earth? Is it speaking about what your art? Is it talking about your soul? You know, like, and what could it represent yeah. and what, what could it be speaking to you? And I think this is like how the resurrection story could come alive right now. Like as soon as you read it today, you could say, yeah, that's, that is the, that is it. You know, like I, that's how it clicks, you know, when yeah. you start putting into to your life. Yeah, and every now, I mean, at least with me, a lot of thing, a lot of times, what happens if I hear someone speaking, you know, if you and I are having a conversation and you say something, and all of a sudden something like strikes me, it's like, hmm, yeah. something's going on. What you just said just resonated with me, and I just feel it. Um, you know, okay, why am I feeling that? What's going on? And and even these areas where sometimes I feel just dead, right? It's like, oh, that's a heavy thing. Yeah, if. if I said that and you said, yeah, that's me right now, right? That That's a, a kairos, right? That's telling you something 
and that needs to be explored and needs to walk through and take those different lanes, try and find out all the investigative curiosity that you can about what's happening and why that's happening. Yeah. And, and that's a healthy way of getting to it. When I do dog training, um, and I go to a dog and sometimes people tell me, yeah, my dog's aggressive. And sometimes people don't know the difference, right? They don't know if the dog's just excited and jumping or if the dog's actually aggressive. And it works both ways. Sometimes, yeah. oh, he's just really excited and the dog's not really excited. He's dangerous, right? Yeah, yeah. But a lot of times what I do, the telltale sign is I watch the dog's nose. I want to see if the dog is trying to get information. Because if I got a dog that's curious, I've got a dog that's not as dangerous because he's trying to get information about me. His mind is in a good place. If I go in there and the dog's just mad dogging me, staring me down, he's not trying to smell me. He's not trying to smell my bag. He's just like, who are you? What's going on? That's more dangerous because that dog's not investigating. Yeah. Right. And I think that's true with us too. If we don't investigate, it's a little more dangerous. Yeah. You know, you get set. You you think you know what you know. And then that's the, then you're that's dead. Then you're dead. <laughs> that's what it, that's what the dead means. Yeah, you can be dead in that way and not know you're you're dead, not know that you're alive. Because, I mean, it is such a strange thing that Jesus says, you know, I've come that you might have life. What does he mean by that, right? I mean, that's such a huge thing, and I don't want to simplify it. Well, it means say a prayer and ask Jesus into your heart. It's like I think it's a lot more than that. Stagnant it means. Dead, like yeah, like like Alex, her grossest thing. She's weird shit. My wife, she uh, st- stagnant standing water is like you, you know, like there's nothing grosser to her. You know? <laughs> she could have a big poop on a bed, and it would be like, <laughs> and it could be some standing water in a kiddie pool that's been there for uh-huh. a week. The standing water would be the thing that, that grosses her out. Yeah. Um, and I went on one time. I just remember like, why? What? Like, why is it so gross? She's like, it's just not doing anything, you know. Mm. I'm like, so deep, you know. It's like, it's like not like water is designed to give life, you know. And it's and we didn't have this deep conversation, but like just thinking about it, you're like, it, something is gross and dangerous and dead about something that should be used for life, and it's not, yeah. you know. Like, yeah, yeah. It, there there is like that, that's way too deep. Sorry, the poet, the poet, the poet, and just came. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's so true. I mean, yeah. it's running water that is usually purifying itself, right? Mm-hmm. If it's moving, it's yeah. more likely to be, you know, clean than if it's just sitting there collecting bacteria. Yeah. Yeah. Our lives definitely can be like that, where if we're not moving, if we're not growing, if we're not learning, and gosh, there should always be something to learn, especially about life, especially about God. I mean, if there's 7 billion people on this earth, there are 7 billion stories you know, that I haven't heard. And each one of those have another million stories within themselves, you know, that are of interest, um, interest to God. And so so should be interest to us. Now, I don't know all 7 billion, but I encounter a few, right? And those few that I have the opportunity to encounter, I have the opportunity to engage in, in life. Yeah. You know, and not just say, oh, there they are. Hello. And that's one thing you do well. You're real good at communicating with people. And you're a friendly guy. Yeah, you know, when we had, like, the blinds put in at the building, you knew the guy, Brian. Hey, Brian, my name's Brian. <laughs> you know, you guys are, like, best buds. I'm just over there in the corner. <laughs> Hi. That's you not know. true. I like, but the, I like the same. You, you know, you're really good at that. And I think 
that is an important thing. I think Jesus was good at that. I think Jesus yeah. was good at uh, engaging with people. Everyone felt comfortable around him. You know, everyone. People who shouldn't be comfortable in society felt comfortable with him. Cool, yeah. The only ones who didn't feel comfortable were the ones who he was challenging. You know, and then ask why that's happening. Um, yeah, it's tough. There any other things that I said or maybe you had questions about? Um, go through my notes and see. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was it was it was powerful. Uh, I love. I mean, we touched a lot, a lot of it, and um, um, I, I kind of the, back to the, the guitar metaphor. Um, I thought that was cool that you're like, like the whole like you could do you could do it different, you know, or like. Mm. Like there's something that happens because I've had that plenty of times where I'm, where I'm watching somebody and you're like, that's what it's supposed to look like. huh? <laughs> <laughs> or that's what good looks yeah. like. And it could be, and you could have listened to music your whole life, you know, and you're just like in awe, you know, of this thing that's alive. And, yeah. and, uh, and I think God does that like all the time. Like, but, there's something when you said that about the music and you're like watching them and you're, uh, I don't know, as an artist, maybe it, it resonated so clearly because there's a few things happening there. You're, you're number one, you're humbled because you, yeah. I think I do what I'm a, I'm a good writer, but mm -hmm. do I know everything? No. And the minute I, I say that I should be worried, you know, like yeah. I should, um, I have a lot of people reaching out to me saying, oh, could you teach me how to write? I had someone yesterday I had a conversation with. Her. I said, I'm not going to charge you and teach you how to write. What Instead, what we're going to do is I'm going to share my work with you. You're going to share your work with me. And I might send people to you. You might send people to me. And I said, from this day on, don't ever say, like, don't don't disclaim when you talk to new people and say, well, I'm not really a writer. You're a writer. When you start writing, now you're learning how to become a better writer. Like, right. And I think the same as uh, – as believers, we should never say like, "Ah, right, well, I don't really know everything. I don't really don't want to speak to anybody about Jesus. I'd really not that good enough, enough, enough. And then you, you miss out on like what God already has in you, what you should be unlocking, what you, sh what you have to be sharing. And I think part of that gets revealed when you see people doing it at a high level. And that's why we're called to do, you know, church at a high level, preach at a high level, like, teach at a high level, perform at a high level, like everything that you do, it's just like, you know, do it with God um, in mind. Too. Like, you know, yeah. so it's like, so that you create things that lead people to be better, you know, like yeah. it's like, you, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, important too to, to see in that idea, because when we say a high level, sometimes we can get a, a, an idea in our mind that it has to be, you know, comparative. Right, right. Right. Where a high level doesn't mean it's comparative to someone else. It means a high level in the arena that you're in, in the, the interaction that you're in. Um, you know, we were talking about the Billie Eilish um, documentary, you know, and it's like, how does this girl have this voice, you know? And how does, because you watch the documentary, she's like, she's just a teenage girl, you know? Mm. But she's kind of moved music in this way and is doing what she's doing really well, even though it's totally different than, say, a Celine Dion or whoever, you know. It's like you wouldn't compare those two. They're just not the same right. style of music. Um, 
but what she's doing is really well, right? And so you might not be able to have all the information where you can talk to someone about Jesus the way that someone else does, but you can talk about life. And I think that's the beautiful thing about being a follower of Christ is he, he makes it so easy to participate that you don't have to jump through hoops. I mean, you don't have to be baptized, right? I mean, it's an important thing. It, it's a, a sacrament. It's a tradition. It's something that's a part of our history, but the thief on the cross wasn't baptized. And Paul said, I'm glad I didn't baptize any of you. You know, he, he, there's, there's this novelty like, oh, you're a fisherman? Yeah, you, you're in, you know? Oh, you know, you're a widow? Yeah, you, you've got a blood disease? Yeah, come on. You know, it doesn't matter where you are. You can be a part of this movement and you can grow in it and then you can be excellent at it in your arena. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's part of it is you're excellent in it by being alive in it, by actually engaging in it at that level. And I think that's so important. Jason, good to have you with us. Alex, we understand about the standing water. It breeds yucky things. <laughs> we, we concur with that. Um, and if you guys are listening, have any questions, if you want to write them out, we can try and answer them. Or any thoughts you want to share, we can share them as well uh, with you. Um, I, I think one of the things, too, that was really, I thought, cool for me is the idea of Jesus breathing on the disciples, right? And in Genesis 2, God breathing into Adam, into his nostrils, the breath of life. Um, you know, there's so much symbolism there of what's happening. And when I have thought about that in times past and still at other times, there is this desire of wanting it. You know, it's like, oh man, I want that breath of life. Or I need it, depending on where I'm at. Like sometimes it might be just, man, I just need some breath of life in me right now because it's been one of those days or weeks um, or years. Uh, hmm. And I just love that picture of him doing that. You know, and it, it's such a intimate and I was gonna say that, yeah. Yeah, powerful thing. You know, that someone's breath will give you life. Mm. Um, yeah, that to me, that's a beautiful, uh, and that's part of that, you know, Jesus is the name I think of when life is reaching for me. Cool. You know, is this is trying to breathe into me over and over again. And um, kind of going back to where we started, you know, the idea of Easter and faith, um, my faith is a big deal to me. Um, it, it, it's a huge, it's been a huge shift in my life in many ways and continues to be. Um, but there was definitely a time where there was a lot of um, fatalism, for lack of a better word, where I, I really don't have purpose. I really don't. I, I don't know what I'm here for. If I die, my oh well. Um, and it wasn't until I believed that God loved me and cared in a more intimate, personal way 
that things changed and purpose developed and um, my life became more meaningful than just whether I live and die or, you know, have a good job or affect a lot of people in a positive way. It became more that it's just life itself has taken hold of me. Yeah. And if I do nothing that is considered great, if I never play guitar like Doyle Dykes, um, life is still offered to me. Right. The life of God is still being breathed within me, and it did change me uh, in a powerful way. And I'm sure there's psychological reasons that could be explored. Um, but it's always been um, since that time where I made a decision to follow Christ, that kind of a thing for me, where this is like Peter, I don't have anywhere else to go. Right? If, I don't, if I don't go here, I don't know where I would go. If you're not looking for me, God, no one is. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, really, if, if you're not looking for me, I don't think anyone else is. And that you would leave the 99, like the parable says, and go find me right. or you. Um, no, I think that's, that's really beautiful. And I think if, any, if everybody's honest, they would have... There, there would be a part of their story that would kind of sound something like that. I mean, at least my mind feels a lot like that too, you know, like, like, yeah, like there's a, <laughs> there's like a part of me that I didn't want to be called a Christian or like be associated with Christianity, especially like in the, as of recent, but like, there's like part of me that was like, there, it, it would be impossible to have experienced everything I experienced and know what I know to be true about God and how he loves me and treats me and the evidence in my life um, and go on and not represent, you know, what I believe uh, his life to be looking like, you know, so it, mm-hmm. that's, that's how I can, that's how it ends up. It's like no one else, if no one else, like, and if God did nothing else, it would be enough, you know, it would be mm-hmm. like, like it was, if, like he didn't, if he just decided to abandoned me today. I'm like, well, you still did plenty. I mean, like more than I deserved, you know, like, um, you know, I, I left him plenty of times. He, he, could, he could take a vacay from me, but it's like, he never, he never did. You know, if I, I, I can, even in the times where I felt really like, uh, abandoned or I felt alone or stopped following God, I can, in retrospect, look back and say, like, I was the closest to God in a lot of those times than I ever was, you know? So, Alex always like reminds me like to stay, um, to stay basically as much as I question to search. Like she said, she had a dream the other day and it was saying that to her like as much as I question to make sure I search. So I'm not always just pushing God away with the questioning. Like, are you, you know, or is it, is it, but am I searching for him in the same capacity that I'm, that I'm questioning? And I think that's part of, that's part of the, the dying and resurrecting in, in the new belief. So, I think Jason got something. Yeah, he says, My faith and beliefs and understanding of God's love has changed drastically in the last couple of years. Um, love to hear how, Jason, if you want to write it out, uh, maybe tell us how. I know in some of the conversations I've had with you, a lot's changed in the years that I've known you. And I've known Jason, gosh, I don't know, probably 18 years now or so. Um, so, uh, but yeah, Jason, if you want to say more, write it out. But I think it's so true. Um, 
mind keeps changing. And, and even back on what you're saying, because that whole idea of a paradigm shift and, and this reality change, you know, this is how I see life. You know, this is how I see what God is. Now I see, you know, Jesus and he's got, you know, the the tax collector, the zealot, the women, you know, so many people. That's not what I thought. And now alive when I thought he was dead. Sometimes the reality change is bigger than we are able to fully understand. Sometimes the questions are part of the searching. You know, sometimes um, the things that we think are pushing away are actually pushing away things that need to be maybe demoted or need to be put out of our view so that we can see something that we haven't seen before. Yeah. You know, and so when Jesus says, seek, ask, knock, right? Because everyone who seeks finds, everyone who asks or sees, everyone who knocks, the door is going to be open. Um, I think that's kind of what's in underneath that. It's like it doesn't matter what the question is. It doesn't matter what, you know, you're seeking. God is able to be found because he's there. Right, and and sometimes those things that we seek for um, are pushing away things, the the stereotype or the reality that we are used to saying, the way we play the guitar, that needs to be let go of so that we can learn to do it differently. Yeah, you know, um, and like in my case, and I think in yours too, Jason, um, that's been pretty pretty radical in the last ten years or so. You know, who I was that time ago and who I am today is very different, but I feel very close or I feel much closer to God now than I did say 12, 15 years ago. At the same time, I feel like I know God a lot less. That makes sense. You know, it's like, and that's not, that's not horribly bad. No, no, that's just me. Maybe that's reality. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's true. Um, and that sometimes that truth is actually um, freeing. I think it's kind of, there's like this meme I said, this guy that was asking all these really pondering questions, and it was like one of those TikToks that showed him in different areas of his house. And one of them was like, if we haven't explored, if we don't know how big the ocean is, why do we say we've only explored 5% of it? You know? <laughs> and then the next one was like another one that was like a really deep question. Uh-huh. Like, if a blind person doesn't like you, he really doesn't like your personality, like or something like that. <laughs> and it was like, uh, but the, the the ocean one, I I for some reason made me think of God because there's like this thing where, like when you said right now, you know God less. There's a realization that doesn't necessarily mean you know Him less. It just re- you you get an understanding of how big He is. Yeah. And it's not like you know Him less. It's just you're like, oh, the ocean just is way bigger than I know. You know mm-hmm. I. It, that, you know what I mean? Like, it's not because 5% is less. It's because the ocean got bigger, you know? It's yeah, like, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like I know more about God, but yeah. I know him less in that there's too much more. Right, right. like he's just grown. Definitely, definitely that. And Jason, thanks for writing that out, man. He says, uh, you know, it's too much to write out, but a lot has to do with what he's gone through the last couple of years, um, how to feel about someone who's going through what he's going through. Being a writer, if I wrote everything down, we'd be here a long time. Understood, Jason. Understood. understood. But I think that's such a huge point, Jason. Uh, you going through something has given you the ability to have 
empathy with those who are going through what you're going through. Um, you know, even though you might have thought, oh, I know what to say or I know what people are going through, uh, until it happens to you, you really don't have the depth of what's going on in the breath. So I think that's wisdom and understanding. Um, and again, that's part of, actually, I think that's part of James's point in wisdom. You know, because the whole point is when you go through various trials, ask wisdom. In other words, something's going on here. Figure out what's going on. Yeah. You know, because um, God's going to give you something there. And he goes f as far as to say, like, count it all as, like, joy. You know, yeah. like, like, yeah, like, don't even stop at seeking. Like, just count it as a blessing that you get to go through it, you know, yeah. like that you, and then, <laughs> then, then yeah. <laughs> and then it says it's going to like move you perfect in fate. It, like it's going to perf, you yeah, know, like gonna... make you perfect, you know, like yeah, lacking nothing, lacking nothing. You're like, I want that. So that means I have to go through the bad stuff. That means I have to, that means I have to turn the bad stuff in the good somehow, you know, like it's yeah. like, weird. it means I have to live. Yeah. It means you got to go through it. You have to go through life and going through life as we know can be pretty messy. See, Jason, you're going through the testing right now. So that's it. Um, it's a cool thing I learned in uh, that word testing in, in James. It talks about like when they're refining silver and they're like basically running it through the fire so that all the impurities come out. And it's the word like perseverance and testing. And, and James is talking through that process. And it's like, how could you even know what good looks like if you didn't run it through the fire? If you didn't, mm -hmm. if the water wasn't moving, you know? So it's like to try to see find joy in those things and um yeah and we, and we know a little bit of jason's story and uh yeah we, we've been praying for you jason yeah and, and it's so good to know that god is with us through those things right that that it's it's not we're not absent from his you know care and love yeah that that's part of you know this life that we're living absolutely uh, i think this is a good time to kind of round it up here uh Thank you, Brian, for, again, Thank fun you. discussion. Always enjoy that. Thank um, you, Sam. Thank you guys for joining in with us and being a part of this. Uh, I do love you guys, and we'd love to have these kinds of discussions uh, with you live and in person. Hopefully that can all start happening soon. Even if it doesn't happen at the church, maybe we can meet at my house one of these times and just have a talk during the summer when there's yeah. no COVID, the fire pit. Do it. Some marshmallows, make some s'mores. Some more of what, Sam? <laughs> <laughs> you guys are welcome. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you, Brian, once again for being here. Love Thank you guys. You. And hope you guys have a great rest of the week. And take care. He's risen indeed. Take care, guys. Bye. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.